0: everything that makes country racing great this is bush beat on radio tab they run past the 550 metre point, still feeling at the inside and she's winning the outer. They race together, they get away, they're a half clear. Wren Plucked is in third, then round the fire and a break back to Miss Miraculous. They run to the top of the lane, 250 metres to go. She's winning, she ran off the track there but she's narrowly in front. Still feeling it, boxing back on the inside. Wren Plucked is starting to produce on the outside. The leader on the inside still feeling it, she's winning, chiming in. She's winning, still feeling it. They hit the line. She's winning. The toppy gets up narrowly. She's winning. Beat still feeling it. Third photo. I said when Miss I did Mirabulous the
1: Emerald preview in. earlier, probably one of the best named horses going around. She's winning, chasing four
0: in a row. Emerald this afternoon in race six. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements as we kick off Bush Beat for another week. How are you, Tony? Great. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning, everyone, as we welcome you to Bush Beat for another week on Radio Tab. And yes, she's winning. Winning there at Calliope, going back to Boxing Day and lines up against this afternoon as Steve mentioned as the $2.70 favourite I think it was earlier on the tote, uh, lining up in that Flexi High Emerald benchmark 55 with that winning combination of Brooke Johnson and Clinton Taylor combining once again. We're going to take a look at that uh, Emerald program for you this morning as well as recap of Freedy's win in the Miners Rest Cup at King Island last Saturday as the carnival rolls on there in Tasmania and also talking of KI, the the other KI, not King Island but Kangaroo Island Tim Edwards will join us to recap there on tab meeting last week helping us put the spotlight on all things country racing as always
2: on bush beaters rob Good day, rob good morning tony good morning listeners and uh yeah back in longreach at the moment tony for the week it's great to see the green grass out in this area and also great to note the uh wonderful uh initiative by the longreach jockey club that i noticed last w- uh, night on the social media tony where they're inviting uh uh, trainers and uh, to get their horses ready for the first meeting out here in the Central West in late February at Blackhall. They were inviting them along for a day of, um, of pre-training, if you like, and possible, um, possible barrier trials. I haven't got the details right in front of me, so I might have mucked that up a little bit, but uh, I thought it was a good initiative to get uh, horses fit and ready for the
0: season. Yeah, I thought the same when I saw it go out on uh, social media uh, with all of the details there and, and I thought that's very proactive, especially as you say, Rob, with racing having been in uh, that uh, little bit of a break over the, uh, the Christmas New Year period. Uh, for those that haven't seen the Longreach Jockey Club post on Facebook, uh, came out yesterday afternoon, now taking expressions of interest. LJC is looking to hold a private gallops morning at the Longreach Racecourse for all interested country trainers leading into the start of the racing year. It's been a wet start to the year and we want to give every horse a chance to be at peak fitness before the Barco Amateur Race Club kicks off the Central West season on February 25. Uh, They do outline that they won't be able to pass embargoed horses, but if that is required, the club can liaise with Keurig. Uh, They will have barrier attendance in uh, they will be in attendance there, so it will be all done properly. It won't just be uh, the normal sort of jump-outs. And they're even looking at breakfast options and having an operating mm-hmm. canteen. So if you're looking to uh, to try and do something like that, Sunday 12th of February, the course proper track gallops with a $10 starter fee, and that's just to carry to cover the wages of the barrier tenants. I think it's a great idea, Robin. so proactive uh, when you're getting back into the swing of things for the season in yeah, the two, Central
2: West. Two, Two things come out of for me. Isn't it good that you've got youth on committees and going ahead with great ideas? And um, <laughs> and as well as we do on Bushbeat, the reason I bring it up this morning too is that we like to share these ideas, and I know social media has a great uh, net that it casts, but uh, to share these ideas and other clubs may be looking at doing a similar thing. You know, let's share the ideas and keep building country racing. Well, just thinking off the top of my head, that sort of thing can even then turn into the club
0: says, oh, we don't really have the volunteers to come out and run the breakfast. Have a chat with your local scout group. They might look, like to come out and do it as a gold coin fundraiser or something like that. Do yep. a sausage sizzle for the local girl guides or sporting group, whether it's you know junior football or netball or something like that. There's all sorts of opportunities like that to be able to uh, further promote positive, uh, positively, promote country racing.
2: Oh, most definitely, and uh, whatever helps uh, grow the product and uh, grow the ability of country racing to shine on the big stage, as it does with the uh, TAB meetings, Uh, Tony, that have grown over the uh, past years. And, of course, uh, we have a feature of a TAB meeting occurring today at Emerald. We heard she's winning opening up the uh, the show, and uh, this country TAB meeting, a good seven-event program, uh, comes up, and, and it's good to feature such combinations as uh, Clinton Taylor and uh, Brooke Johnson and a horse such as she's winning with going for four in a row and a horse's like Xanthus in the first race. But none better to tell us this morning uh, about this Emerald meeting. And another thing on social media I saw as well was a beautiful grass track that's back to its best at Emerald. And uh, welcome to Bushbeat, Scotty Power, uh, who will be calling this afternoon and uh, going to land a few winners for us this morning on Bushbeat.
1: Good morning, Robbie. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone.
2: Good morning to you, Scotty. Um, look, that track, I saw the Facebook post, and I know the recent rain certainly going to help a lot of country tracks in various areas, but that Emerald track looks to have come right back to its best.
1: Yeah, it looks absolutely beautiful um, with the f- uh, pictures I've seen also, and I um, actually came past there on Sunday on my way home from Claremont, and uh, with that rain in the last couple of weeks and... They had a good growth of grass, and um, Raymond Williams has been able to get in and and give it a good mow, and uh, they came up with a soft fire, but I think it'll be upgraded after the the first couple of races, and I think it's going to race really true today, and, yeah, it's it's in impeccable condition, the track, and uh, full credit to everyone, and uh, as you said, Robbie, we've been very lucky with the rain we've been getting recently.
0: I think the best part of that rain, too, Scotty, is the fact that there's been—it hasn't been an absolute deluge like it was more over towards the coast. And I know places like Moran and and Serena and Mackay and areas like you know all around that central part of the state absolutely copped it over the last couple of weeks. Anything up to a thousand millimetres, yes, a thousand a metre of rain over the space of a week or so. But from the uh, the rainfall reports I was seeing, courtesy of the rain gauge on Hogan's Road, <laughs> there only seemed to be you know uh, bits and pieces here and there. It didn't come down all at once. It was nice follow. up rain uh, half a day later sort of thing.
3: Yeah,
1: it's shed right around, Tony. It was, it was terrific. You know, you get 20 or 30 mil here and then another 20 mil here. And, you yeah, know, it really all helps. And um, the service is absolutely tremendous. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great day up there today. And uh, seven races on the card. the first to go at 145.
2: Yeah, and that first one sets the scene a little bit uh, for a good quality afternoon of racing. When you've got horses like Xanthus came out of the Gold Coast uh, Magic Millions Country Cup there, and Jared Wheeler, I, I mean, it didn't get suited by the wet track at all, ignore the run, but uh, I'm always been interested in a horse like Demural that uh, Arnie Glenda has uh, for you, Scott, there, and uh, he seems to be a little bit out of form, but he could bounce back to his best to sub It's a good way to open the program.
1: It is a good way to open the program, Robbie. Yeah, Xanthos is going to be pretty hard to beat, obviously, with Ash Butler in the saddle, uh, teaming up with the Jared Wheelow stable, two starts back, finished, a very, very close second to Yes Dream, and you know, forget the run at the Gold Coast, of course, on that soft track down there, and um, I just think he gets all the, all the ticks in the boxes today. Xanthos uh, will be very hard to beat. North Force will be hard to beat. DeMurral's just racing out of sorts, and um, I'm not sure what'll happen today. Um, just see how he does go today, and uh, he does like the sting out of the ground to Burrell, so uh, I'm not sure how the track will fare for him today. But small field suit, obviously. If there's a little bit of pace on early, he may be able to uh, run home at the end. But, yeah, no, Xanthos picks all the boxes uh,
2: in race number one, mate. Yeah, it's a good way to kick off the program. Now, it's an interesting horse in race two. There's been a bit of a following of this top weight, Vahash. Uh, a bit of money around it when it uh, kicked off a, um, a run out here at Blackall, but it... it was hopefully she tailed off and I notice it's only really put one uh, place getting run in the uh, performances at Taroom. Do you rate it a chance at all? I've just got a feeling it's going to start showing its best shortly.
1: I do rate it a chance because it's it's back in class. It finished second to Ancient Echoes. Uh, that was in the Taroom Cup. So uh, bring it back in class today. It's got the 64.5 kilos. The claim will come into play here. So I'll put a bit of a watch in it. I'll put it in, in the run third actually in the selections and um, obviously, breton has got to be very hard to beat, trained by Nick Walsh, um, and Nathan Day takes the ride there, and its run behind Divine Purpose in Rockhampton was very, very good last start, uh, finishing uh, five and a half lengths behind the winner. That was over 1,500, but gee, it's a big got back in grade for it as well, so I think it's going to be hard to beat, but yeah, I do put a watch on Vahash, uh, Robbie for sure.
0: You mentioned Nick Walsh there, Scotty, and uh, we line up with Nick with the favourite uh, in the next event uh, with uh, Age of Innocence, and Brooke Johnson has a a good ride here again. But only a field of five. is going to be a tricky race. Good to see Echo Point back at the track.
3: Yeah,
1: no, it's uh, great to see Echo Point back there. Paul Hamblin takes the ride there. And Aspen Ladd, he had a a fair bit of time off too, like uh, from April last year. And um, uh, first up at Townsville over the 1,000 metres, he sure forces suit Aspen Ladd. Um, but I just think Age of Innocence, it's on the way up. It's the horse on the way up. Uh, the claim for Brooke Johnson will bring it right into play here, like uh, three kilos off. I know it's only back to the 1,000 metres, but uh, I think it'll just get a good run behind them and be able to run home over the top of them at the end. But as i said, the small field is going to suit Echo Point. Uh, don't worry about that at all, because the pace on up front is going to suit it. And uh, I'll look for him late, um, you know, especially after his good win in the uh, Country Cup back in December. It started in Townsville after that and finished a very good third over the 1,400, but it had a bit of a let-up. Now, 1,000 metres first up, yeah, I'll put a watch on it. But, yeah, Age of Innocence, very hard to beat.
2: Yeah, a lot of interest from the Central West with Clary Herman owning Age of Innocence and, of course, uh, Willie Chandler, the new president of the Barcaldon Race Club, and uh, Tony Austin and a few others involved in course in... uh, echo point. Uh, So a really interesting uh, little race that comes up in race number three. Always hard to pick a maiden winner, uh, Scotty and uh, there's a couple of newcomers in this and including, I see uh, Rodney Hay's got one, Tash Chambers and uh, Rodney Hay is flying with his horses at the moment and this urban artist is first up but a wide open affair. Yeah, Rodney's
1: been very busy of late. Of course he is in the process of actually locating, uh, relocating down to uh, Chinchilla and um, I know he had all the cattle that had to be off the, the property at Tarum. And yeah, Tasha's got this one, Urban Artist. But Eleven uh, Senior Eater is the one to watch here. It's had two very good trials in Rockhampton, uh, trained by uh, Clint Taylor. Justin Stanley takes the ride. And there's an, also another one there that Jared Willow has got called uh, Wackamaharo. So I put a watch on it also. So yeah, they're, they're the two, the two favourites. And as you said, Urban Artist. And as a newcomer here at the Trevor Williams Stable, Stable Issue Gray, uh, formerly trained by Stewie Kendrick. But, yeah, this, the short-priced favourite is a a senior reader uh, for Clint Taylor in race uh, number four.
2: Zanato has an interesting horse in uh, race five on the program because this horse, uh, back at Dingo, uh, back, I think, in August 21, uh, beat Bun Lad that ran such a great race in the Stampede. And it's always had plenty of promise uh, for the Kevin Miller team.
1: Yeah, it's um, a very, very consistent galloper, Zanardo. And um, Lily Alley, trained by Raymond Williams, has got winning form on the board, very consistent of late. Uh, One of Mackay, and um, it's been, you know, in the placings, its last four starts. It'll, It's the favourite at the moment, but I think Zanardo represents good each-way value um, at the, the $5 mark, and I'm not sure if it'd be still that price, but uh, the short course will suit, uh, it'll jump and run and be very hard to beat. But, yeah, Lily Alley put a big watch on it. It's the actual... Um, the second selection and then deference uh, third best uh, for Rodney Hay and Tash Chambers.
0: You're tipping she's oh, winning there in race six, Scott, but what do you see as the main dangers?
1: Um, I, I actually give uh, Falave a nice chance. Um, Ash Butler's got a good association with Falave and um, you know, he's won, he won at um, Emerald, he's won here at the track and a very consistent form after that. He was a good second at Roma last start. Um, I, I think he's a, a good each way chance for Falave and you know, she's winning. Of course, winning form is good form, isn't it? Uh, but, yeah, I, I do give Falev some sort of chance at each way odds. And what about the last? Yeah, the last one, it's, it, it's uh, um, actually a, a fair lottery, isn't it? Well, I, I did come up with a top eight here each way, Carrara Lad. Um, I think the claim is going to come into play here for Sophie Wilcock, uh, trained by Shane Iverson. Uh, very, very good form on the board. Uh, was a very, very good second at Roma. Won a Kadamala before that. And it raced at the Sunshine Coast before that. So it's had two runs out in the west since Shane Olsen took it out there. Um, still feeling it, it's going to be hard to beat. And there's one at each way. Odds will give a chance also. Ram plucked down the bottom. But, yeah, Carrara lad, a good chance in the last. And what's your best today, Scotty? Uh, I think we can open up with um, Xanthos and Breton. They're the two best, I think, on the program today. And, um, right, well, yeah, but... what's for, for a Carrara lad each way in the last?
0: Good calling there today at the Emerald uh, TAB program. We look forward to all of the action coming through today on Radio TAB and Sky.
1: Hey, thanks, boys. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone.
0: Good on you, Scott. Scott Power there having a look at today's Emerald Tab program. Rob, of course we lost basically all of the when I say all of the, the one non-Tab program that was scheduled last weekend um, I think the decision was basically being made when we were going to air last Tuesday that they weren't going to be racing mm. at the uh, the Ingham program on Sunday, which was unfortunate, um, but uh, it did leave us with a couple of other non-Tab meetings to look at and we're going to focus on one of those now and that was King Island last Saturday where the feature was the Miners Rest Cup. taken. out by a 3D.
3: 100 metre mark. A spy ninja the outside of Neverest Dan, A half neck the margin. Afridi was two away in third spot, followed by Paxa Punch, who's well back from Alpine Skater and Pummel. 300 metres left to go in the Magic Millions Minus Rest Cup. Never a Stand the inside of Spy Ninja. They're two and a half in front. Afridi being produced three horses wide, heads the rest. It's Never a in front at the 150 from Spy Ninja. And here's Afridi finishing off strongly. It's Never a in front. Afridi the outside trying hard. Never a and Afridi, the favourite arrives in time. Afridi won the cup, defeating never a stern, followed in by Pax the Punch.
0: Those... We've been following the King Island Carnival all the way through uh, 2022 into 2023. And, yes, it was Maritime Miners' Rest Cup Day last Saturday. Thomas Doyle and Bruno Neto each with riding doubles, training doubles to Robert Keyes and Jim Taylor. And one of those there for Robert was Afridi. Uh, with Henry Dwyer originally, but as has been well outlined and some great publicity through the, uh, the Miners' Rest Cup Twitter page as well, uh, Henry and a group of other trainers in Victoria... Uh, heard the SOS from the King Island Race Club saying we need some horses and they basically put this race together. Uh, It's uh, actually owned by Mr AJ and Mr C McAvoy and it was great to see Tony and Calvin there on track enjoying a day out at a non-tab program. And Duncan Dornoff is the voice you heard there calling the race. He's with us this morning on Bushbeat to look back at Miner's
2: Rest Cup Day. G'day Duncan.
3: Yeah, g'day Tony and Rob.
2: Good morning to you, Duncan. And that was almost a perfectly scripted uh, Magic Millions Cup for the Miners' Rest there at uh, King Island on the weekend. You couldn't get it better with the names that Tony just read out and young Tommy uh, Thomas Doyle getting the double there with Robert Keyes and a and a Freedy getting... It was a perfectly timed run as well.
3: Yeah, one of the best days racing I've ever been to uh, anywhere, uh, for that matter of fact, was the, the Magic Millions Miners' Rest Cup. And... Yeah, as you touched on plenty of big names, particularly those from the Ballarat area. Of course, the track at Ballarat, sort of based in that uh, suburb of minor threat. so they all got together and helped out the King Island racing season. And uh, yeah, re- everyone was rewarded for their efforts to the very successful race day on Saturday.
0: Is there any truth to the rumor that uh, Thomas Doyle has now been awarded best hair of Australian racing since Kira McAvoy had mm. a haircut? Mm. Not Kira McAvoy, I have Ma.
3: Well, I think think Tommy had him covered, but. Uh, yeah, winning the races uh, put him up into the spotlight uh, and, and everyone sort of took notice of Tommy's head but uh, <laughs> a, a great result for Tommy because he's a, a very hard-working jockey down here of course. Uh, Tony, uh, um, Rob would know more so than me but he sort of started in long range, went to Rockhampton, then ended up in Devonport and uh, yeah, very well travelled, uh, very hard-working. Everyone sort of in the Devonport area always tells me how hard-working Tommy is and uh, Great to see him Uh, enjoy the success uh, he did on Saturday. He was due to come back on the flight home with a a chartered flight that I captured all the officials, but he was missing and uh, miraculously (laughs) indisposed for his rides in Hobart on Sunday afternoon. So I don't know if he's made his way back to mainland, has he yet or not? So, uh, yeah, good on the Tommy.
2: <laughs> he, he must have learned a few tricks from uh, coming up through the country ranks in Western Queensland, I'd say there, Duncan. <laughs> but we're so pleased to see him get these results because we've followed him with a fair bit of interest and in ending up in Tasmania. And he, he seems to have resurrected his career down there as well. Yeah, he's, uh, of
3: course, uh, had a little bit of bad luck here a, a couple of years ago, but uh, with an injury and whatnot that saw him sidelined for a little while. But uh, he's really bounced to stack. He's been getting a few winners. Uh, here on mainland Tasmania and, uh, yeah, certainly getting recognised now and uh, making the most of the opportunities he's getting.
0: Talking about making the most of opportunities following a little bit of bad luck, tell us the story about Makisha Salter, wrote her first ever winner in the Australian Thoroughbred Bloodstock, Class B on Master Montecito for Chris Tiplock.
3: Yeah, Makisha is an apprentice that flew down for the day from Victoria, uh, formerly in South Australia, now based in Mornington. Uh, she should have had a fair stride a couple of years ago, but uh, she suffered a couple of broken bones of her tibia and fibula and then was nearly ready to go again and uh, fractured her ankle in two places. So she had a bit of a rough go with injuries. Uh, also, she's had to deal with the uh, passing of the number a few years ago as well. So uh, she was able to finally find the winner's sort face of with uh, Master Montecito in race two. She's only 22 years of age, and yeah, good to see her in the winner's list.
0: She's apprenticed to uh, f- Amy and Yagi at Mornington, and I gather when Amy rang uh, Makisha and said you're going to ride at King Island, the the reply was where? Yes,
3: yeah, she she didn't know the place existed. She told me after the meeting, Amy, but uh, she she will be back this Saturday to to ride at the final meeting. So hopefully she can add to the winning tally then.
2: That win that she uh, had on uh, Master Montecito. Duncan, it's amazing that these horses, every winner on this program, Tony and I were going through this last night, and when you look at their career stats, like Master Montecito, out of 11 starts, four wins a second and a third, guess what? King Island, it's had six starts over the period of time of the carnival, four wins a second and a third. Every winner on the program their whole career of winning performances and place getter performances come through this King Island Carnival. You can never say there's not a place to, to place your race in the in the right sort of company. And what a, what a good advertisement for the importance of country racing for these horses because every single one of them have built their career at this carnival.
3: Yeah, and... Uh... Let, let's be honest, they are the lower tier horses and they're sort of racing for 3,400, but hmm. you know, there's, there's a there's a race for everyone and uh, if you can place your horse in, in the right uh, area, you can certainly get rewarded with, with a couple
0: of wins. It's uh, been a great carnival so far, all the way back to when it kicked off with Ladies Day back on the 10th hmm. of December, uh, but only one more meeting for the 2022-23 season.
3: Yeah, for so this uh, Saturday, which is fly-in day, and uh, that's a day that the, the recreational flyers can land on the airport and don't have to pay any fees. So it's, a, it's well attended the Flying Day, which will feature the longest race in Tasmania for the season, a 2,600-metre Class C handicap. So uh, hopefully it's a bigger field than the one I called two years ago, which ended up with a field of three. Um, yeah, so looking forward to, uh, yeah, this Saturday's meeting.
0: How many laps of the track is 2,600 metres at King Island?
3: Uh, the track. Just over 1,500 metres in circumference. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a tight turning track, plenty of hills. I know Bruce only walks the track and uh, yeah, he was surprised with some of the uphills in the home straight and the sharp downhill run to the home turn. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a, a 2,600 metres, but they will have to go up a couple of hills uh, during the duration of the next.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Bruce because I I had neglected to mention he was a special guest of the club there on Saturday and some wonderful social media activity there from both the club and Racing.com taking advantage of having a VIP on on track. He was making a few comparisons between the, uh, the track there at King Island and a track like Moonee Valley where as you say Duncan it's quite tight turning but also where the crowd is up close and personal to the action.
3: Yeah, so King Island's got a, a natural hill right on the edge of the uh, outside fence and, and that sort of acts as a very good viewing platform and, uh, of course, the home straight's just over 200 metres, so a little bit similar to Moody Valley in that aspect uh, with, with the short home straight and, and you're right on top of the horses. But uh, Bruce thoroughly enjoyed his stay. He, he could have easily went down to a pavilion where a number of the... Minus rest crew, as they were known, were based. But Bruce was uh, getting out and about, catching up with the locals, and he had a few trips down to the stables, I noticed. And uh, he generally enjoyed his stay. He said he would be back next year, and I, I think he generally meant that.
0: Oh, that's wonderful to hear. It's been great to be able to follow the carnival all the way through, which means, of course, we can't not follow it all the way through to the very end. So we might catch up with you again next Tuesday on Bushbeat and uh, just look back at uh, the in day that's coming up this weekend and, and recap an entire carnival for the 2022-23 season for King Island. Been great to have you on the show again.
3: Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Tony. just before I go, those uh, Minus race couples had been racing for charities, then over $34,000 oh, yes. has gone back into the uh, various King Island charities. So that's a, a pretty big effort within itself.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic too. And again, Rob, as we were saying before when we were talking about like the Longreach Jockey Club with their jump outs, something like this, what they've been doing there with King Island with the uh, the charities like that, again, it's a great concept that
2: can be taken elsewhere. Great ideas that can be shared around uh, with country racing. And uh, I just note the nominations uh, for Saturday coming up, That the clash of Afridi and uh, Like a Mosh, who happened to beat Afridi in the meeting before this one, and then Like a Mosh won on Saturday as well. uh, They're nominated to clash in the Open Trophy over the 1,400 metres, a good little uh, feature race on the day. Duncan, good on you, and we'll catch up next week. Thanks, James. Duncan Donoff there
0: looking back at the uh, the uh, King Island program there in the Miners' Rest Cup last Saturday. Rob, just before we uh, join Tim Edwards to talk about the other KI with Kangaroo Island's non tab meeting last weekend, uh, some highlights out of the Queensland Provincial meetings through the week, and I know that there was one particular runner that caught your eye, or one particular stable, but we started off last Tuesday where Ryan Wiggins continued on with what Wigo does. He rode four winners of the Rockhampton program, I think from just six rides, and the Nick Walsh stable is just going great guns at the moment, set for uh, some Good runners today at Emerald, but a treble at Callaghan Park last Tuesday. Dolby on Friday, Anthony Allen and Carl Zechner each rode a double and Mark Curry with a training double. On Saturday at Gatton, doubles to both Emily Lang and Jake Malloy. And at the Townsville Tab program on Saturday, Isabella Tay
2: rode a double. Janelle Ryan with a uh, a training double at that meeting as well. A couple of things I noted too. Tony, out of that Rockhampton meeting, Chris Hansen, who's the son of Kevin and Donna Hansen. Of course, Kevin, we mentioned with Zanato out at uh, Emerald. Uh, Had a good win with the cutest uh, horse, Sweet Gina. Uh, I think it was his first win. Uh, Well done uh, to Chris. I'm sure the uh, racing's in the blood there coming through the family. But a shout-out to Naomi Hemmings. We heard uh, Brett Moody mention uh, her results of late and uh, how... She seemed to be getting the bragging rights over Michael or getting the better cattle, if you like, coming out of the stable. But I do do note that uh, she's had a real good run of success and uh, a running double over the Friday and uh, Saturday at Dolby and Gatton and particular interest to a horse master of menace that took out the 2,000 metres maiden plate. Uh, This horse with Lisa McGee was out here uh, running around at uh, on uh, in, well, it was late October, actually. Sixth run for the stable for Naomi and been getting a, a place at Ipswich, which I think it was, but as soon as it got up in distance, this four-year-old by rote was a good winner for her, and then uh, backed it up. At Gatton on Saturday with Beyond Tastic, with uh, Soraya Champkin on board, uh, came off a second at Bell at its last run. And she also had that other runner that ran fourth, the Champ, that had only its first start and uh, won it backed up at Gatton for a good fourth in a class one. So good on you, Naomi. I'm just noting there that uh, a good little sequence of performances going on for the stable, and I'm sure there's more to follow. Looking at the calendar for the week ahead, following on from the
0: TAB meeting today at Emerald. Thursday for Australia Day, meetings at Kilcoy and Bow Desert. Uh, We have uh, Rockhampton racing on Friday. Bundaberg with a TAB card on Saturday. Townsville is the uh, TAB meeting on on Sunday. And just looking ahead to Tuesday of next week, it's uh, Warwick that lines up with the TAB card there. The non-TAB meetings for the week, I mentioned Kilcoy on Australia Day. That's one of their regular, (coughs) well-patronised meetings. And Innisfail is the other non-TAB meeting coming up this Saturday. Also this Saturday, the Ceduna Racing Club is back in action in South Australia for the uh, 2023 running of the Sajuna Foreshore Hotel Sajuna Cup. It's heat two of the Bill Holland Series. Already 55 nominations in there for Sajuna as the West Coast Circuit kicks off. But while we're talking all things South Australian racing, last Saturday they had a good six-race program at Code for the Kangaroo Island Racing Club. Tim Edwards was there calling all of the action and he's with us on Bushbeat again this week. G'day, Tim.
4: Yeah, hello, Tony. Good morning, everyone.
0: Uh, good uh, days racing there and doubles to uh, Brittany Wong and Paula Tramworth I see on the result sheet
4: yeah they had a, a lovely day there at Kangaroo Island on Saturday of course uh, the wind was a bit uh, was a bit strong Tony that was about the only thing we could really complain about it was about 30 kilometre winds out there at K- Kangaroo Island on Saturday but other than that the weather conditions were fine the track played exceptionally well Nick um, does a fantastic job with the track over there and, and everything worked straight away there was no dramas so the first meeting of the year it's sort of getting to the stage now that this meeting at, uh, in january tony is sort of nearly pushing towards being a tab meeting to be honest that they had nearly capacity fields in every race and um you know as i said last week it's grown so much from where it is so who knows in the years to come It potentially we'll get to a tab status but um yeah you said Paul uh, paula Trinwick, she had a double and, and of course Brittany wong had a double so with the trainers incentive over there for the uh, the three days the two in february and the one in january I had a quick look at the leaderboard when I left, and I think Paul Lutrim with leads the trainer's um, situation, and um, I think Siren Fork was just in front of Brittany Wong just in regards to how many rides he had and how many placings, etc. But I think Siren Fork might just be in front on that challenge at this stage. So, yeah, it was a terrific day, Tony.
2: Yeah, Tim, I mentioned last week too that uh, it could be a a Horses for Courses place and a couple of these winners, Rusty Dusty Sunshine, two from four at the track and uh, Oakfield Geronimo, two from three. But tell us about this gallant old horse, this 12-year-old by Mutahasan Hurricane Sunny. Look at his record at the track. Nine wins, six seconds, two-thirds from 22. He loves it over there.
4: Yeah, he, he's a marvel. I think he's 11 years old, actually. Um, he's not quite 12 yet, but um, he is just an absolute marvel, Hurricane Sonny. He's won nine times at Kangaroo Island, and look, his form leading into that race on the weekend was, you know, 12th of 14 at Bordertown and 6 of 7 at Neil. So the form line didn't read well, but he's a lovely-looking horse, and he just loves getting on the island. And and Brittany Wong just let him run, and and he found the lead cheaply, and. as he went into the gates he just looked so relaxed and he just knew where he was and uh he just dictated the speed and and never really looked likely getting beaten so uh, david page has done a wonderful job with him and, and no doubt he'll probably come back for the february uh races as well now those races will probably be a slight bit harder than what he raced in on the weekend but in saying that he as you said he's just got such a wonderful record at ki and And some horses just grow a leg when they get on the boat and head over to KI. But, yeah, he won race number five, I think it was, from memory, uh, on the weekend. And, of course, uh, race six was won the final race by Havid Jewell, who was looming as the win was coming. And and Trevor Day, who always supports the Kangaroo Island Carnival, was able to get a win with Havid Jewell in the last. The other winners on the program uh, were Super Contender, who was really impressive for Paula Paula with. Uh, We also had winners there for Oakfield Geronimo, another one for Paula Trenwith, and we had uh, Rusty Dusty Sunshine win race number two. And and the first event won by the debutant Love You Tio, who was really impressive, trained by Nicole Irwin, who also supports the KI Club uh, each and every year, and Justin Potter rode that particular horse. So, yeah, all's in readiness now, guys, for a a massive February. The 16th and 18th of February now is coming around very fast, um, as uh, Mark mentioned last week from the club the, the track uh, on Cup Day there are some general admission tickets left but all of the marquees are sold out so it's going to be an absolute bumper day and if they get weather you know nice fine conditions over there they'll get a huge crowd to both days and and just on the crowd on the weekend Tony it was probably one of the biggest January crowds I think I've seen uh, in the years that I've been going there so that all in all moves towards potentially as I said earlier this meeting at some stage surely it will be looked at as a tab venue.
0: Yeah, you'd have to think so as you're saying with uh, near capacity fields and something like 55 starters on the day, mm. um, I, I can certainly see this meeting will get elevated tab status uh, sooner rather than later. Even if it becomes a Sunday meeting or maybe a Friday mm. card or something like that, I, I can certainly <laughs> see that happening. As Mark Turner told us last week, uh, Tim, the C-Link website or the uh, the KI uh, Race Club website or Facebook page is the place to go to find out more about tickets and, and transfers and everything like that?
4: Yeah, those people on social media jump on the Facebook site with the KI Race Club or contact Sea Link because most people head over by the boat uh, on uh, on Cup Day and also the Thursday. But, um, yeah, Sea Link's probably your best option. Otherwise, if you're on the socials, check out the Kangaroo Island Facebook site. But as I said, a lot of places have sold out already. So um, you can go over and back in the same day too. So those people who are wanting to go over, you can actually get on the ferry early in the morning about 9 o'clock and you can get back at about half past eight on the saturday night so um if you just don't want to stay overnight and just want to go for the races contact Sealink head over for the day
0: are you off to ceduna this weekend or are you playing rock paper scissors with mark matthews to see who gets on the car on the flight
4: <laughs> yeah no tony mark we'll be doing ceduna um uh, basically they had a meeting in december mark called the meeting in december and he'll go back and call cup day i've actually got the weekend off i have got a friend's wedding this weekend tony so um, I won't be heading, but Mark will be heading to Sejuna And good luck to them because I've, I've called a couple of cup meetings over there in the past, and they'll get good-sized fields. And I think you said earlier that I think they're planning an eight-race program for Cup yeah. Day on Saturday. So uh, I think weather-wise, it's going to be a warm one here Friday. It might be pretty warm over there on Saturday at Sejuna as well. So no doubt Mark will have to uh, chuck the shorts and hat on as well.
0: I know they did extend nominations on a few of the races there, but great to see already 55 noms in for the Cup Day on Saturday. Tim, thanks for that uh, wrap-up on what happened at Kingscote last weekend. We might continue on with that theme, and we'll have a chat with Mark next week about the mm. Cup Day.
4: Yeah, I'm sure he'd be uh, more than willing to come on, boys. Good on you,
0: Tim. Thank you for that. Thanks, Tony. Tim Edwards there wrapping up uh, the near-wide and far today. Gee, haven't we covered some territory over the last couple of weeks with these non-TAB meetings around the countryside, Rob?
2: Oh definitely and great to cover them right across Australia Tony and just a little bit of information that follows on when I asked you the other week about country heist races we found out a little bit more about this and big thank you to Cole Truscott boy Cole's a wealth of information Uh, we'll get him on the show one day I'm quite sure but he he sent me through an email now these country heist races were originally trialled at a small number of venues first following the COVID era and now it's expanded modified to the current list in the current season we've already (coughs) had uh, Warwick back on the 14th of January, coming up on the 13th of March, Mackay, 25th of March, Toowoomba, 7th of May, Lockyer Valley, 25th of June, Rocky, and the 12th of August, Townsville. The races are $30,000 each, and they offer the opportunity for non-tab horses to race for increased prize money at strategically located tab venues across the entire state, racing similar horses that have had the majority of racing at non-tab meetings. Refer to the race conditions in the race mag for more, but the main conditions are that the horse must have had five Queensland non-tap starts in the past 12 months, and they must have been with a Queensland licensed trainer. So the strategic placement of these, Tony, means that anyone can have a crack at them as long as you've met those conditions. So a horse could come from a place like Longreach and head across to Mackay on the 13th of March and uh, have a crack at this $30,000 race. Just another little icing on the cake that uh, race. Queensland Initiative um, has placed for country racing, and uh, I thought that was great. And talking of Mackay, by the way, just a to note too that Olivia can. So, good luck, Olivia has moved uh, base to Bow Desert now uh, and settling down in that southeast corner. So, good luck to Olivia, we'll be uh, sorely missed, I'm sure, in that uh, Capricornia and uh, Leichhardt region. No, I think she'll, uh, she'll make a great fest of things
0: there, and we look forward to following the continuing strengths there from her stable. Thanks for your time this morning, Rob, and we'll catch up next week.
2: Look forward to it, Tony. Just email me at Barker's News at OptusNet.com.au for any great news on country racing. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck as well as Tim
0: Edwards, Duncan Dornoff, and Scott Power for joining us today on Bushbeat. Good luck to those clubs racing this week, especially Kilcoy on Australia Day and Innisfail on Saturday. Seduna racing on Saturday with their cup program for the non-tab meetings, and we'll be back to talk about those and a whole heap more on Bushbeat next Tuesday on Radio TAB.